All right, guys, today I get to interview Robin Binkley, and we get to talk about investments all over the world, right? Belize and North Carolina and all these different places. This is an incredibly inspiring story for me because I like investing all across the country, too. Um, it brings some spice and some life to what you're doing. A lot of people get like super zoned into one area, one asset class, which is probably the wise thing to do. But it's really fun to and see people who invest all over and all these different types of things. So, Robin, I am so excited to be able to talk to you today about these various investments. So, let's kind of take the um, if you had to pick your investment, which ones are your favorite investments so far? Uh, well, I, I do like self-storage. Um, we've been involved in that. Um, and I really like commercial real estate. Um, you know, it depends there too on the market that you're in. Um, I do have some uh, single family homes and quite frankly, playing landlord is my least favorite hat that I wear. Um, and for a lot of reasons, and, um, I've had the, you know, opportunity to be a part of a couple of syndications and that's multifamily to Bitcoin mining. So I am pretty diverse. And then we've got some, you know, developments and international stuff going on in different spaces. So yes, I am all the things that you said, I'm all over the map. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk about this because I believe that each different type of investment, each different type of business, like it, it requires something from you and it gives something to you. And so like you kind of mentioned single family, like being your least favorite, right? Probably because it's the most hands-on, maybe the most like it's not fun. Kind of walk us through some of these investments and like what what benefit do you get from from each one? And, and what does it, what's kind of maybe some of the drawbacks or reasons people wouldn't want to go that, that route? So... You know, with the single family grouping that we have, it's a very small portfolio of single family homes and townhouses. And that's really where I truly started was in that space. And I never really fell in love with, I was not, you know, I dabbled a little bit with a rehab and, you know, flip. And that's just not my, my passion. I don't care for it. Um, and with single family homes, you know, you've got a lot of turnover. Um, and so I just, I, it, I don't have enough of them and didn't want to focus in that area to have enough or I've got a management company dealing with that. So that was sort of a segue into um, being able to offset W-2 income on my husband with a real estate professional designation. So, you know, that allowed for some of that. So that was, wasn't the initial why there. It's just, it moved into that. You've got to have enough of them to, to really do that. Yeah. So we moved into having the ability to do some personal investments in some commercial properties with like a single partner. And not everybody has that opportunity. You've got to find the right location. You just got to be able to swing the right deal uh, in the Houston market and in College Station, which is a really booming, thriving college town here in Texas. Um, and then we've got some commercial property in the Heights area, which is a, a very a lucrative area of Houston to own some property and property value is just really appreciating. So we were able to really kind of play that game of infinite returns, you know, with, you know, um, taking some equity and pulling it out and putting it into another investment, just kind of allowed for larger style projects for us to get involved in. And so here you go down that, 
that journey of we're not the individuals who stayed in one lane. And I know there's a lot of advantages to that, but that just wasn't really our personality, mine and my mm-hmm. husband with our business. And then from there, that moved into um, really his selling his business a couple of years ago, which created a huge financial uh, issue, really. And so, and it, and it is, it's a, it's, it's a win, but it's an issue. And then you've got to understand what to do with those, the, that level of money and what style of investments to kind of channel that into. And so through the journey, if you will, which determined execution of different styled investments, we were creating our team, our CPA. We had to change that, you know, because not all CPAs are created equally. And so we really found one that really was strong in the real estate investment market. And then from there, we crafted our legal team, which helped us sort of understand the larger structure of where we were, but where we were going. I mean, we had to know who we were, what was our mission, vision, values for our business. And then that helped us allocate structure. And so that kind of dictated, if you will, some of the different style of investments that we've gotten into. And um, so... I hope that sort of answers your question. It's you don't really start out most folks with like the end in sight. You have this idea, this big dream, and then along the way life happens and you have some real detours that can be advantages. And that is really what happened to us. Um, You have a lot of education, you surround yourself with a lot of folks and your team helps you. So we analyze our, financial schematic, if you will, and our investments monthly um, with our full team. Um, And then we drill into that separately, uh, more frequently with uh, different individuals in that group. So that's really kind of what dictates the investment style. And I really talk to folks about that a lot with really understanding where you are, really have an idea of where you want to be, but you don't necessarily have the end in mind always in the beginning. 100%. Well, I mean, first of all, even if you knew what was good investing at the beginning, that would be lucky. Even if you do, then can you physically, mentally, or emotionally handle the the type of investing? And like you mentioned something that I really think uh, people who haven't been exposed to wealth may be not aware of, which is like the burden of wealth, which is like, you know, a lot of people who maybe they have a couple hundred thousand dollar net worth, look at someone with a five or $10 million net worth. And they're like, oh my gosh, it'd be nice. It'd be so easy. And yeah, there are nice things to it. But like having to invest five, 10, 20 million dollars consistently, like that's a job or multiple jobs, that type of thing. So how long did it take you to kind of sort out that burden and responsibility of wealth and get it really working for you? So probably right at almost three years, really, Um, you know, two for sure. But before we came into what we want to consider wealth. You know, wealth is a lot of things. It's not all monetary, but um, so let's just be clear on that. But from a monetary standpoint, we were already preparing our team um, and putting the pieces in place because we knew what was before us about six months out. And so we were already putting the pieces in motion. But at the same time, simultaneously, it's funny how God works. 
you know, we were already engaged in a lot of education and understanding, um, learning about syndicating and learning about, you know, I had not ever heard that term until, you know, two and a half years ago, really. Um, I knew about investing. I knew about using my own money. I knew um, other people's money, but I didn't know how you do that. You know what I mean? How does that work? So there's a lot of, you know, we've been, and we've been investing for 20 years. So it's not like I just suddenly started, you know, your journey is a journey and every little piece plays into it. But as far as understanding what I consider to be the burden of wealth, I mean, it really is. um, That has really been over the last two years because you'll have a lot of folks throw out a lot of terms and concepts with structure and what was involved in that. And you've got to get familiar with the vocabulary and really understand how, you know, this umbrella affects all these things and why you need to have all these pieces. And suddenly you've got all these LLCs and you don't really understand how all that works. And then you need a management company and then you need a trust and then you need a, you know, a foundation and you need, you know, and it, and it just, it's sort of like, and it is a job. And so I'm grateful that as I've come so far in my understanding, um, my desire is to really share that information. But my husband also wears a very integral part. He wears a very strong financial hat that that I'm just not as strong in as he is. And so you kind of figure out along the way what you're good at and what you're not and what you're not good at, then you need to go get somebody else to jump into your, your loop and run with it because it can implode very quickly. If you don't know what you're doing, you don't have the right people, you know? I'd be very curious to understand how you guys came and what, what values you came to as your core values. I mean, you hear a lot of talk about determining core values in a business and you're essentially your wealth is now a full business. And you like even you mentioned like three years. Three years is a pretty normal timeline for businesses to get off the ground to getting to a level of sufficiency or even some scale. Um, so we'd love to hear more about the values. Yes. So, you know, when we when we started, if you will, a couple of years ago with you know, defining what real equity investment partners was about. I mean, that is our, uh, essentially our, our, our investment business that we have. Um, we had to really look at what were we about, you know, and what we're about is about, um, truth. We're about community. Um, we're about giving back more than we receive because we have been so amazingly blessed in so many different ways. And I'm not talking about financial. Um, I have adult children, as I had mentioned to you before we were recording, and they are between the ages of 20 and 30. And no one teaches this younger group about financial education. I know you've heard that before and it sounds so cliche, but you know, you go to college, you graduate, you get into these jobs and there's just this expectation to understand all these things. And you read and hear about all these people doing amazing things. And it's like, how did that happen to them? How did they, you know, how did they do it? And so we have poured into them, which is really how I'm pouring into now my community of folks that reach out to me, I want to share information about 
creating a personal financial statement, understanding really where you are. You can't go until you know where you are. Not really. You know, you have to really know where you are um, and have some dreams and some vision. Um, but you also have to create a roadmap, you know, a realistic roadmap. And yes, there's victory, audacious goals. And I'm all about de declarations and vision boarding and all of those things. But but you have to have some realistic strategy along the way. And then you've got to put in the, the tough work. So we began having, um, you know, I love generational wealth. Wealth that goes into perpetuity beyond me, beyond my kids, beyond my grandkids. Um, and so in order to do that, you've got to be able to teach and share. And so each of my kids are involved in a different line of our business. Um, that's short-term rentals. Um, one of my daughters is my chief of staff. Another one of my daughters deals with my social media management. Um, and so all these different legs have occurred in different spaces of time. Um, and so, you know, right now, in this point of life, it's really more about legacy. Legacy is big. You know, you don't suddenly, you know, make a bunch of money and decide you want it to be about legacy. But because we have journeyed, I feel like, relatively quickly along this path, um, I am about legacy. I'm about really putting a handprint or, you know, it's enabling somebody with some information that I've gleaned along the way. And I've had the privilege of being in the room with some incredible people and sharing amazing information. Your average person doesn't ever really have access to that all the time. And I want to yeah. share it. I really want to share it. That's my heart of it. So our heart is part of what we're about is just really about that giving back component. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and got an inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Let's know more like in your journey to, towards this education. Like where are you at in that phase? Like is it ideation phase? Is it an implementation phase? 
Well, so right now, um, Brett and I are both doing some coaching and, um, you know, certainly anyone that wants to reach out to us um, can do so. And we can talk about all that information later. Um, but right now I'm sort of shifting what my focus has been, which really has been syndicating up until here in this last year. And I'm really working more in what I consider to be digital assets and really making information available to others. I do a lot of, um, um, probably the wrong word to say, I don't, I, I, I am out there on social media and LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook, um, but there's really more of that that needs to be ramped up. So I'm actively working on that um, plan. And in about 45 days, I should have, um, a different line of our business rolled out, which is that piece. It is the digital asset piece and it is the community piece of um, what I'm working to create with REAP, which is Real Equity Investment Partners. Um, but coaching is something that we are both currently doing as far as you know, mentoring and coaching. Yeah. So how do your values impact the asset classes and the decisions you make within investing? So, you know, my values. Well, let me say this. I have encountered some bad players, bad actors um, in the investment world. Okay. And so I think that until you've kind of had exposure to that and you kind of see behind the veil, sometimes you don't know really who you're dealing with. You know, from that lesson this year, um, I have a completely different lens that I am really gauging my business through and who I align myself with. Okay. And so I have said no to more deals that have come my way. In fact, I've said yes to zero, except this one area that I'm really passionate about because it comes from the heart of myself and what I'm already talking about out there. I'm just going to be packaging it in a way that makes it accessible to others. Um, so truth uh, is super important, you know, and that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, so I've said no to every deal that's come my way, to every opportunity. If the numbers don't make sense in this day and moment in the economy, the way it is, like I wouldn't necessarily run after and jump into a multifamily deal, right? This hot second, given where we are, in the financial mm -hmm. space. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not to say that in six months that would be different, but uh, I'm just saying right now. And so numbers, numbers are the numbers, you know, but the people running the deal, it's a marriage. And once you start syndicating and you get into these deals, you realize, wow, what I didn't really realize is that I'm really in this deal three, five, seven years and beyond with these people who like it or not. Like it or not. Yeah, and I've learned some grave lessons. I've, I'm in deals with some wonderful people, but I've also been burned pretty bad with, you know, an investment that was heavily, heavily invested in. I was, it was not a GP in that deal, but, um, you know, so when you see behind the veil of the folks that you're aligning yourself with, it can be pretty startling, you know, mm -hmm. good lessons learned from that. Let me say good. Yeah valuable lessons that I'll carry with me forever. 
Yeah. Well, and I, you know, being in a group called Go Abundance, get a kind of a front row seat to a lot of these investments and, and I've invested across the country. And it's, it's very interesting. Um, I interviewed a guy named Jay Scott, who's, uh, you know, tied to bigger pockets. And, and he put a post recently where he said, there's four people that he interviewed or was connected to, or somehow in the last year was referred to him that are now on indictment. Uh, for various so it's it's very interesting is like you know going back to the burden of wealth thing there's so much homework and judgment and all these things have to go into protecting the money to make sure it goes where it's intended to go and who it's intended to go to and um it, it it's it's pretty wild what it takes um so isn't it interesting that the um, the ponzi scheme I'm not even sure what the right word to use. I'm just going to say, you know, kind of seems to be becoming more, I don't want to use the word norm, but more prevalent. Yeah. Um, like I'm shocked really. Um, so it's really, and, and I talk to folks in different circles and it's like, Oh my goodness, something, 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 you know? And it's like, wow, I had no idea. I wouldn't have guessed, you know? So um, Yeah. Um, know know who you're getting involved with. You know, hundred percent. A, 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 a deeper level of due diligence that you have to do, not just on the deal alone. Like, is the deal a real deal? But the people. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the longevity of their track record and, and all these types of things? It's interesting. I, I I kind of think to myself sometimes when I'm like thinking about you know like how much online education has benefited the world, and yet at the same point the rise of how many syndicators there are out there who literally had almost no real estate knowledge a year or two ago. And then they're, they're raising millions of dollars and buying hundreds of units. It's like, that's a scary thing sometimes to see someone have that much responsibility with that little experience. Um, you know, so I think the rise of online coaches and, and, you know, that type of thing is, it can be really bittersweet. And, and kind of my estimation right or wrong is, is that that's also playing a role in how many people go in with the right intentions raise capital, can't deliver what they promised, and then things can go really crazy from there. Yeah. I mean, again, I think so, so much of that goes back to, yes, there's a higher number of individuals that are really that are really involved in syndications right now, and they really don't know what they don't know because they haven't had the right mentors. They haven't done their own level of education with reading and attending seminars and seeking counsel outside of themselves. I mean, any business that you start does cost you something. It costs you your time. You have to give up something, you know, to usher in something better. Uh, and that may mean, you know, not going on a trip or not going out to dinner or not going to, you know, whatever, whatever, because you've got to put the, you know, sweat equity into it. And then it, it does cost you financially, even some of the online stuff. Um, but I always think it's good to connect with people in person. You can't just do everything online. You know, there's something about being in community together with people. Uh, and so you've got to be able to have that balance and that mix. And I think as I like, really pushed in heavily over two years. This year has been a powerful year for me for stepping back and saying no. The ability to say no means that, well, I'm strong enough in my own skin and I understand more of what I'm about 
myself as an individual entrepreneur and I understand more financially about what it is that I'm walking so that what I'm talking about is congruent, you know? Absolutely. So what does the next, like, say, 12 to 18 months look like for your life and business? Like, what are your main goals? What are you hoping to accomplish? So the main goals that I am looking to accomplish over the next 12 to 18 months are to um, launch my digital asset uh, program, which, you know, it's not going to take long to actually launch, but for it to be a space where I've really got a following and an attraction for that. Um, the other area that I do have a partnership with, um, we have a, I have a, I have a podcast called Ladies Kicking Assets that uh, Courtney Moeller, who's in um, the cryptocurrency space, she and I um, connected, we're in, we're in a mastermind group together and really launched that about 18 months ago. So I would really love to continue that journey. I have gotten so much out of our podcast with the folks that we talk to. Um, you know, it's not... It's not a podcast where we're um, trying to make money on this. It's really about sharing information to yeah. individuals and women, specifically is what we, our avatar was where we first started. But really, you know, it's more than women. Um, and just really helping women understand how to get a grip on their finances and all these different asset classes that are out there. I mean, it's everything from, you know, self-storage to, you know, daycares to um, dental practices to oil and gas. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything kind of a catch-all, which I, I super love. Um, so, um, to continue that and really grow that reach is specifically what I would like to do. And then third, um, you know, I kind of mentioned my adult kids. I really desire for them to step more into more responsibility with our business as it grows. And I think what's interesting about that is that they all didn't start out like on the bandwagon of wanting to be involved. It was sort of like, okay, I'm doing my own thing. I'm kind of watching from afar. I'm kind of watching what y'all are doing. Now I'm seeing the fruits of your labor. So I really want to see more of their involvement in what we're doing. And so then what I'm doing too is what I've, I, as I look at social media analytics is I'm really hitting an age bracket of individuals with my message that was not really what I was intending to reach, but it's reaching a different, it's reaching a younger generation. And so I desire to dive more into that space with my education and really help that age group launch something different in their life that they wouldn't be able to attain information from any other way. And so that's real important to me. Love it. Robin, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your life and your business and all these different investments. Yeah. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, write down something you learned from today's episode. Maybe it's it's revolving around how are you going to protect your wealth as it grows? Whatever it is, write it down, share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Yes. 
Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 